Welcome to the On Point Podcast, a channel dedicated to helping you be the best hunter you can be. On Point is designed to help motivate and inspire you to get more out of yourself and your gear during your next hunt. If you're looking for information that will directly impact your success and help inspire you to go on new adventures, whether you're hunting with a bow or a rifle, On Point is the channel for you. Hey everyone, Garrett here. Hopefully you're all doing well. Uh, this week's episode, I get to sit down with Sage Davis and Luke Evans, and they both have their own platforms and building their own brands currently. Um, I'm excited to share this one with you because some of you probably have heard of these guys, some of you haven't, but what they're doing is is they're, they're doing things the right way, building their brands, putting hunting in a good light, and I wanted this episode to be about them and get to know them, but it really kind of took a turn towards being a hunting ambassador um, what that means, who you are if you do that, and and really how to do it the right way versus what you know what may be the wrong way. How to how to not portray hunting in a good light, uh, which I know we all want to do. So uh, this is a great episode, just just talking about what's on our heart and really getting out there uh, and promoting being a good ambassador to the sport. Um, you're gonna hear why, but uh, really appreciate these two coming onto the show. Great guys, great integrity, and, and just really love what they're doing. And uh, they both have their own platforms. I suggest you go follow them and uh, and check out what they're doing. If you can, leave a five-star review with a comment. Get yourself entered in these giveaways that I do. And uh, I think your odds right now are like 1 in 15. So hopefully by the time this episode airs and then we have our next one, um, you know, you might have a 1 in 20 chance of winning something cool. And definitely... Definitely, if you leave a five-star review, you deserve to get entered, but you have to leave a comment so I can see who left that review. But uh, anyways, guys, that's it. That's the intro, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I'll see you in the end. Bye. Perfect, guys. Well, uh, let's get this thing going. I'm going to trim myself down just a little bit. There we go. Does everything sound good in your guys' headphones? Yeah, yeah, except for when I talk. <laughs> so, well, let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. We are live, and I am joined. Let's do some intros. Sage, why don't you go first? So, I am Sage Davis from Chasey Moby, and uh, I got invited by Garrett Weaver to do some awesome podcasting with On Point Podcast, and I am very grateful. Oh, well, welcome. Luke? Luke Evans <laughs> uh, with uh, Mountain Minded. Um, yeah, YouTube, Instagram. Um I met Garrett last weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it already last weekend? I oh, think so, nice. yeah. And yep. then Sage said, he, I told Sage, I met him. He said, I'm going up there Monday. You want to go? So <laughs> here, here I am. So uh, I appreciate you guys both driving up because you guys had to drive, what, an hour? Yes. Yeah. I had to wait on Luke almost that long, too. So yeah. He told me 5.15. I was there at right. 5.30. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty much close. Yeah. Well, hopefully the stakes were worth the drive alone. So. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, it was good. <laughs> So I was really worried. I, I cooked these guys' steaks when they got here, and I couldn't get this bloody iron taste out of the steaks. And so I, they didn't mind it, but I was it was driving me insane. No, bloody iron God. taste is what it's all about, man. Bloody yeah. iron taste. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was good. It was good. That's right. So, um, for, so for, for folks that don't know who Chasing Moby is, um, if I told them it's the antlered whale uh, with the bare legs, that would probably ring a bell with a lot of folks. Uh, where did that come from? So... Um, 
the need for a logo initially. <laughs> so uh, chasing Moby, it started out uh, 2013 is when I think I put the first video out. And uh, we were heavy into spearfishing at the time. Mm-hmm. And we still spearfish. Actually, I spearfished a couple times this last week. But we used to do a lot of diving in the ocean and shoot, you know, lean cod and rockfish and things like that. Really? Yep. And we'd just free dive with our spear guns. How and deep? <laughs> well, with the Oregon coast, it's really hard to tell without a computer because it's just <laughs> darkness until you hit the bottom. So, uh-huh. But in the rivers, we'd be re- dancing around. I mean, like the deepest we'd probably dive is around 30 feet. So there's Jesus. a spot There's a spot that's 31 feet deep that we can, well, I, we lost a reel down there one time off a of spear gun, so I had to dive down and get it. So oh, that's how geez. I know. <laughs> Are you doing like with gear in the tank and stuff? No, no, just a uh, snorkel. Really? Yeah. I feel accomplished when I dive to the bottom of my dad's swimming pool. I was literally <laughs> just going to say the same thing. Well, I can't do it. <laughs> so there's people like my hunting partner, uh, one of my hunting, one of my actually oldest friends, Quan uh, Joaquin uh-huh. is his name. We call him Quan. Um, he would go out and just dominate and shoot fish all the time. <laughs> and so I had to try really hard to keep up. So that's the only reason I could <laughs> dive at all. I was just sheer trying to keep up, but... So we used to spearfish a lot, and then we got really into um, hunting and, you know, archery elk and, you know, hunting predators and everything. And so I was just trying to find something that would encompass everything. Mm -hmm. And the name Chasing Moby, I'd actually already come up with the name Chasing Moby, Um, just kind of the the MO of our group, not MO, hmm. mission statement of our group, I don't know, Um, is... Just chasing that experience. That, oh, no, he's distracting me with this. So <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, is is kind of encompassing or chasing that experience. So um, like Captain Ahab, you know, chasing the white whale, okay. just taking after the, um, the unknown, the crazy, you know, against the odds, the adventure. You know, he had his own, you know, issues with the white whale, you know, taking his leg and whatnot. I don't have any of that going on. <laughs> but uh, so already the name Chasing Moby um, was kind of involved and, you know, it was going to be a thing. So um, having the whale represent spearfishing in the ocean, we don't, oh, okay. just for everybody listening, we do not spear whales. Because I've had that question <laughs> really? come up a couple times. We do not spear whales. Even if it took your leg. <laughs> well, I don't know. I haven't been put in that position, uh-huh. but I mean. You know, hopefully. Hopefully yeah. not someday. I'm going to say no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that so that part of the, the logo just encompasses, um, you know, our spear fishing and, you know, what we do in the ocean. And then the antlers on the whale represent mm-hmm. um, archery, elk hunting, and pretty much anything with the antlers that we hunt. And then. It's got bear legs, and mm-hmm. bear legs are kind of the predator side. And we, you know, we all spring bear hunt and fall bear hunt. And we hunt coyotes and everything like that. So it mm-hmm. just kind of encompasses everything we hunt, and it fits in the name. So yeah, and hunting. Uh, you and I actually got a chance to hunt this year together mm-hmm. for spring bear, mm-hmm. and you know your stuff. Ooh, you, you had a good year with me, anyways, in the car. I had one of the luckiest years <laughs> I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was awesome. We were super blessed with just tons and tons of bears this year and we had awesome spots to hunt so it was great it was, it was awesome. cool because the first time that you and i went we're like trying to figure out where we're gonna go and, and like common areas and then we decided to go just outside of where i've been going mm-hmm. and uh bears and i've been <laughs> on, a, on a dry spell and i'm like man you know i was i was never gonna find the spot we found that one bear in but i was working my way farther down south a little mm-hmm. bit but i never would have found that spot that you that you took me to and Man, it was just crazy. It just really opened my eyes. Like, why are you hunting the same spots if you're not seeing bears? Well, and see, season for me starts 
long before season. So my son and I had actually found that spot when there was snow on the ground still. Really? And we'd actually hung trail cameras and stuff. And like, we'd been scouting out tons and tons of area. That was one, that was, that was a hit, you know, it kind of had a hit list for clear cuts and things like Mm -hmm. that. And that was like my number one spot just because of the, um, orientation of the clear cut, you know, what, what it has above it and all that stuff. So, but just going out and finding more and more and more and more area is kind of how I ended up, mm-hmm. you know, with that spot, you know, it's just preseason. But I, if I didn't find any bears in any of the spots <laughs> I scouted, I'd be in the same boat. So, right. so you found that spot this year? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or, I mean, pre season. Yeah, yeah. Preseason this oh, year. So wow. I think J- January or something like that. That's I, interesting. I thought you'd been going up there for a couple of years. <laughs> not, not that particular clear cut. No. Nice. Yeah. No, not that cut. Yeah, so we might have to get into bear hunting here because I had a crap year, me personally. <laughs> I don't, even th- I didn't even fire a shot. Uh, but for for the guy, and I went into it so confident too. I think I needed this year to humble myself, <laughs> kick you down. <laughs> yeah, because I was like telling everybody, like, yeah, I'm gonna get three bears with my bow this year in Oregon because I I can do that. And then uh, <laughs> I didn't even get within bow range of one. <laughs> but uh so for folks that are for, that are wondering this magic unit that you're talking about what made it good for you so before i say that i just want to say <laughs> i started bear hunting like actually chasing bears specifically uh in 2016 so i am no you know i don't have the knowledge base a lot of guys do mm-hmm. um but just like a lot of people who hunt or bow hunt specifically when you jump into something, you kind of jump in head over heels. So, um, you kind of learn why bears are coming out in specific spots, what they're eating, Mm -hmm. what, what makes a bear there? Like why, why would, why would one want to be there? So this particular, and a lot of people have this thing with, um, North facing slopes or South facing slopes. Mm -hmm. And like, I really, I haven't hung my hat on that theory too much. Same here. Um, I've gone more for geographic location, what kind of food source there is. Is there water? Where Where is this cut at? You know, rather than, you know, where it's oriented, you know, according to the, you know, north, south, east, west. So um, I look for road systems because, I mean, every clear cut's got some sort of road, any you know, somewhere right. close to it, unless it's helicopter logged, which we don't really have that much of it where I hunt anyway. But the very end of a road system where there's not a lot of access for people to get to mm-hmm. um, is a big thing. And then if you can find a spot that's got a drainage or a basin or something above it with no green grass, and this is just for spring bear. I mean, fall bear's kind of got its own mm-hmm. set of unwritten <coughs> rules. But if you can find a spot that kind of has the lack of what they want, you know, it doesn't have a whole lot of... Uh, green grass because they're eating green grass they're eating skunk cabbage and and you know different things maybe i'm saying that wrong i'm sure it's got some sort of scientific name but yeah. they're I eating call it skunk cabbage. yeah, the, yeah. One, the one everybody calls skunk, skunk cabbage. right yeah. the one yeah whether it's true or not it's probably got some sort of fancy scientific name that we're just gonna <laughs> yeah. butcher if we even tried but it's got a big yellow bulb and big leaves yeah there you go. <laughs> so mountain cabbage yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my son asked me dad can we eat that I'm like no he's like well it's just cabbage right I'm like no it, we just call it that <laughs> You're right. Why do we call it that? This was literally yesterday. But <laughs> anyway, so I look for that kind of stuff where, you know, there's a lack of that around mm-hmm. rather than an abundance. Because if you have an abundance, um, the animals kind of get spread and then you have to spend a lot of time searching. But 
an area where you can get to where it's funneled, it's focused. There's a, there's a good amount of the stuff in one area, but not everywhere. Mm-hmm. And like I said, a drainage plays a big part. If there's a bunch of timber and then it just dumps out into one area of this green grass. And from what I understand, and I could be completely way off base. I don't know any actual science behind this, but from what I've been told is they eat grass coming out of their sort of hibernating season. I know bears don't, Mm -hmm. I've heard that bears don't really hibernate here, but they come out of this, this long winter where there's not a lot of food and their digestive system's a little screwy. So they go and they eat this grass to kind of reset them. And whether that's true or not, I don't know, but they definitely eat a ton of grass in the spring. I know. Mm -hmm. And that's something you can target. So, um, yeah, area that's got that focused and then water, if you can find water in that same area. So in this particular one, um, there's a water source and a timber line for them to kind of kick it in when it gets hot. And if you look for all those things, um, there's no magic to it. If you sit there, there will be a bear. This is Southern mm-hmm. Oregon. That's, there yeah. will be a bear there, you know? So I didn't have any like ace in the hole this year or anything like that. It's just, you know, the basic, you know, what you look for, what do they eat? Where do they go and why are they there? Hmm. And it just seemed to really work out this year. Right. I'm tired of the advice. Oh, look for south facing yeah. slopes with no roads in the bottoms. Guys, most bears I've seen <laughs> have not been in those units. I'll tell you that <laughs> exactly. right Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. Yeah. So uh, let's revisit the bear hunting. But I want to go over, Luke, what's what's the mountain-minded thing you got going on and a little bit about you? Um, I just wanted to uh, just have a brand or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. that just kind of everything that we all love to do fish hunt backpack Mm -hmm. um so that's why i went with just the mountain it was a little more generic and then just minded for um just always on your mind always i mean all all winter all spring all summer we're all thinking about it hiking jump you know Mm -hmm. everything getting in shape for it and i mean it's only a you know well take elk season specifically mm-hmm. it's only a month out of the year mm-hmm. but we all think about it all mm-hmm. year long yeah that's right yeah. it's it's crazy that it, it's a small part of our life takes over the rest of the, our life yeah <clears throat> and i'm uh, sorry for the cough oh, um right. so you guys producing content and, and stuff like that yeah and um you know initially i just wanted to get it was just videos was the the main goal and got pretty good or pretty not lucky but fortunate it worked out perfectly on my spring bear hunt last year mm. that uh you know i was able to do it solo and everything like yeah, had, ta- had had time really to, yeah god that's so hard i know it, yeah <laughs> and uh had time to set up the tripod make sure he's in the screen mm. i laid down to try to get a shot and then there was a big snow hump in between, I'm like, oh, man. So now I'm, like, panicking. <laughs> um, I finally got a rest. And meanwhile, the wind's perfect. There's creeks everywhere from the snow runoff. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't hear a thing. And uh, he's just over there munching down like a cow. Hmm. But um, Skunk cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, like, I busted out my first video, and it, it came out okay. I mean, it's, it's not phenomenal or anything, but I'm, like, oh, for my first – anything video yeah i was like oh, that's pretty good and then i thought this is gonna be a piece of cake and it's you know mm. it's then after that i learned it's way harder <laughs> right. especially with the bow 
And you, did um, you upload upload that on to YouTube? Yeah, it's 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 on our channel. It's the uh, I had all these big plans for last fall, and and then I had one of the worst falls. Going <laughs> going back to the uh, the humbling thing you were talking about. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that was yeah. But um, even even went to Colorado for the first time this last year and had a lot of fun over there. Um, but didn't get anything on the ground and, hmm. but, uh, but back to the brand. And then we also do, um, so it's YouTube and Instagram only, mostly got a uh, Facebook too, but it's not really, it's not like a main focus or anything. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like just attached to my Instagram. So whatever goes on there syncs up. So. Okay. Yeah. I do that same thing. Yeah. But as far as like. I don't really get on there much, so if you try to talk or anything to me, I'm, <laughs> it, it might be a couple of weeks. Instagram. Yeah. That's the place to go. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? So his spring bear video, actually, I think. Isn't that what it was? Um, isn't I've, I said I watched that for, before I met you. I thought I had seen your spring bear video on YouTube. I think so. I, whatever it was, we started te- texting on Instagram. Yep. Well, then I reached mm. out to you because I was like, I, I wanted to know... If where you, I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew where you were. Yeah, exactly where you were. But uh, no, I, I just wanted to know, I, I had some questions about um, the business end of it because you sell hats, you sell awesome hats yeah. and decals and things like that. So um, I have hats and t-shirts and decals and things, but I wanted to know some of the back end stuff mm-hmm. um, with the business. And I just kind of reached out to him as a, just a, like my like we were talking earlier, just like a like minded person, he seemed to have the same things in common, and I just asked some questions, and I was kind of expecting maybe because you never know. I mean, you start asking somebody like, "Hey, can I join this competitive market right. next to you?" You know, it's like so. I kind of didn't know if he was gonna give me the information I needed or not, but I figured what what the heck, might as well ask. So I reached out to him and asked him some questions about you know taxes and different things like that, and uh, he turned out to be. I mean, an all right guy. I mean, yeah. I, I so, guess. Far, so, <laughs> yeah, so far, so far, so <laughs> far. I haven't unveiled my plan yet, though. Oh, that's probably true. <laughs> uh, Later in the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what kind of plans do you guys have for your for your companies and stuff now? What's your guys' goals and stuff? Where are you guys going with it? So, so for me, um, we've actually been doing a whole lot with. Um, video and producing video and trying mm-hmm. to get things on film and add it to our, you know, YouTube portfolio or whatever. I mean, I guess portfolio would work. Mm-hmm. Um, but one big thing for me is I'd like to kind of up the quality of videos uh, on YouTube. And I'm not saying content as per, you know, animals or, you know, class of animals or anything like that. But there's a lot of, actually, and people are doing it now, which is awesome. And I just like to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to, cha- I'm not saying nobody's doing this because there are awesome videos out there and people are just crushing it. But I'd like to up the quality of the video. So like put things in 4K, put together, mm. you know, films that um, somebody who might not necessarily be, you know, a bow hunter could still watch and enjoy or be, you know, uh, enlightened as to what we do and like mm-hmm. maybe spread, you know, 
you know, what, what our goals are and what our passions are. And, you know, we kind of get misrepresented as hunters. So I always go back to, um, have you, have you guys seen the planet earth videos? Yes. Mm -hmm. So see, have you guys seen that sloth going across the water (laughs) and swimming across to the other side? Right. Yeah. Now I think, think about this two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So think about this. How many people actually care about sloths who are just like straight up sloth people who are like, yes, (laughs) I'm all about sloths. I don't know anybody. Very, Nobody. Very few, right? <laughs> Said the now, sloth. But. Now, when you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, when you watch that video, could you take your eyes off of it? Yeah. That's, I couldn't. That's true. It was just amazing, like, how they tell the story through the lens. And, mm-hmm. like, they show you, you know, struggle in life. And they just show you all these different things and, like, the different um, perspective. Um, and j- it just how they tell it and with the cameras that they tell it. And, and you can't take your eyes off of it. So there's a lot of people out there who have a messed up view of what we do as hunters and it's just not true and they don't know and we haven't done a great job of showing them Mm -hmm. so i think if we could take what we do and present it in a better light so if we could push for you know better quality videos if we could tell a better story through the lens if we could show the struggle if we could show the emotion and the passion and you know the energy involved and the work and the dedication Mm -hmm. if we could show that through the lens better, we could take some of these people who just like, they don't care about a sloth. If we could show them what we do, you know, they'd watch it and they'd be, you know, we could take some of those people who are either riding that fence who just don't know who are the people who ask you if you, if you caught something or not, you know, those people (laughs) and you could show them what we do and show them like, you know, just an average Joe, a person who goes out and, you know, all of a sudden they're out there hunting with a bow. Like what happened? Why, why is it attractive to them? Mm -hmm. So we could show that to them. So chasing Moby, um, we like to motivate. It'd be cool if we could, um, do more of that, but reach out and motivate and help people kind of understand what hunting is and represent the hunting community in a good light. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm 30 years old. There's been a lot of people before us, some of them have done a great job. A lot of them have done a terrible job, unfortunately. Um, there's people out there, like I said, I mean, Jim Shockey, Fred Bear, there's people who've done an amazing job and who are great ambassadors for our, um, I guess you, I don't want to call it a sport, for our lifestyle. I don't yeah, know. I call it a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. It's really yeah, it is. Because like you said, it's it's 12 months a year this is going on. It's not, you know, baseball season. Right. We're baseball players. No, we're hunters year round. So, But there's been great ambassadors for that, and we would just like to, continue to do that and be a presence that motivates mm-hmm. and shows people the right way to do things. And we, I mean, it, it's, it costs money and it takes time and you know, it's laborious and I love it. So <laughs> it's totally mm-hmm. worth it to me. So it's, it's fulfilling to do so. So I think your background kind of plays a role in why you wanted to do that. Cause when I was getting to know you, I was like, you know, you know, how long you've been hunting and, and you hadn't been hunting your whole life. You'd mm-hmm. been, how long have you been hunting period? So it's been 14 years, I guess. 14 years. And you had a lot of friends or people you knew kind of had these preconceived ideas of what a hunter was. Oh, yeah. Well, so did I. I mean, (laughs) when when you say hunting um, from the town I came from. Mm-hmm. I think of a thirty out six, <laughs> some you know big old chew, a lifted truck, and a fork yeah. horn that's about to hit the dirt from a <laughs> you know a gravel road, and like that's what that's what hunting was. It was this like redneck pastime that happens once a year where everybody gets rowdy and they drive roads in their trucks, mm-hmm. and that is a complete misrepresentation of what hunting is to me now. So mm-hmm. that's been a lot of the sort of drive, you know, as far as the filmmaking aspect of it. 
Interesting. So you've had folks, you know, with those preconceived ideas. Have you turned any of those folks around? Um, yeah, actually tons of people hmm. just because of our logo, which is kind really? of funny. Yeah. I never would have thought that it would be what it is, but so for me, like I'm a passionate person. I like, I, I love what I do and I love every aspect of it and it takes, it's a grind. But, um, I, when I, when somebody asks me, cause I wear a chasing Moby t-shirt or chasing Moby hat. Mm-hmm. And they ask me what it's all about. Like, hey, what is that? Some indie rock band or something? Mm-hmm. And I say, no, it's uh, it's a company that we we film outdoor adventures. And they go, what kind of outdoor adventures? And I say, uh, all kinds, you know. And then I walk them down through like bow hunting and you know the preparation for it and and the the hundreds and thousands of arrows shot and the mm-hmm. fine tuning of the rifle and you know the ballistic data and the trajectory validation of rifles and like the hiking mountains and setting trail cams and gym time and walk them through this whole thing as quickly as I can before I lose their attention, you know, Mm -hmm. but I just show them like how much work and dedication and passion goes into hunting. And most of the time, most of the people that ask that question go, wow, like, wow, (laughs) like I had no idea. And like, they'll end up, you know, either checking out videos or just scratching their head, walking off, but Hmm. it gives them a different perspective. And you don't realize that you have a different perspective until you talk to people. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, we all wander around. Everybody thinks that world revolves around them, you know? So when you go (laughs) and you talk like that to somebody and you just see their eyes light up and they go, wow, because it's a slow change typically, like from that, like redneck kind of, you know, I'm not saying there's anything bad with being a redneck or anything like that. I just mean hunting, you can't encompass all of hunting in the pickup of a truck with a 30-06. Like that just doesn't cover every aspect of it. It doesn't fit my bill. It doesn't fit my bill either. And it, it doesn't show you the important parts of it. Right. So coming from that and seeing that at a young age, you know, not from my family, but just like when I first kind of started hunting, you know, I first got my driver's license. Mm-hmm. I'm asking questions and stuff. It's a slow transition into finding out what it really is and who you really are because I didn't have a whole lot of people, you know, showing me, you know, you're kind of paddling up a stream here with, you know, people that either they're not dedicated enough to figure it out themselves or they don't want to know and they want to kind of stay in that rut that they've always been in. So it's a hard spot to, to kind of come up with your own opinion. But once I did and you kind of figure out like, okay, there's more to this. Like I didn't start out, I didn't grow up doing this, but I can't stop now. Like I, it's, I'm addicted to it and it's not the killing stuff part. So what is it? Like you kind of do a little bit of search and you figure out there's a lot more to it. You know, there's, it's, it's deeper than it's been represented. So yeah. What made you start the journey? (laughs) Um, So as a kid, I had a, a buddy who was him and his dad hunted and I did not hunt. And I'm not saying like, I, it probably sounds right now like I grew up in the city or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up on 40 acres surrounded by BLM and national forests. Oh my, <laughs> my dad and my grandpa built their own homes from a sawmill that we still own huh. after they logged their own property. We had horses and cows and like absolutely lived an outdoor lifestyle minus huh. hunting. So it's not like, you know, it was my first day in the woods. It was my first day hunting. No, I grew up in the woods but just missing that hunting aspect of it. Like just had too much things going on, you know? And like, they just didn't put any effort into, it just wasn't something they were into. So yeah, that's why I was just going to ask. Why, why was there no, I mean, you had everything else except the hunt. Yeah. Um, my dad and my grandpa, <coughs> their play, their fun was to build stuff. 
and they were always building houses, building homes, working, falling trees. Like that was, that was fun to them. So that's what they did. Like that was their hobby was, mm. you know, moving forward progress, like some tangible, like action. So, um, there just wasn't a whole lot of hobbies. So that's essentially why. And then this friend of mine, him and his dad always hunted and they'd always tell me about these giant bucks and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, man, it was huge. It got away though. And I'm like, hey, wait, wait, wait. I live in the middle of nowhere and I never see these things. Like this magic unicorn beast called the black tail buck. Like, what are you talking about? And uh, one day, and they'd never get one, you know, uh-huh. but one day they got one and I saw it. I walked up and I looked at it and I was like, you know, because I'd seen them driving on the road and stuff like that. I knew they existed, but, like, they make it sound like just this, you know, oh, it was, you know, a 48-point, you know, <laughs> right. like everybody does. They talk it up all big. But I saw this buck. It was a little three-point. And, like, I walked up and I grabbed its antlers, and I was thinking, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, you guys are going to eat this thing? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's really good. And then it, I started thinking about how they got it and, like, the – self-sufficiency part of it like Mm -hmm. okay they went out and they they took this animal and they're now turning it into something that can sustain them and it's a skill and it's a battle you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that like whole like you versus the animal you know like there's this whole other aspect of it that i just hadn't thought of before so it interested me and his dad actually had taught a um hunter safety course also so I went perfect. and took that hunting. Yeah, I went and took that hunter safety course uh, when I was think. I think I was uh, 13 years old when I took that hunter safety course, mm-hmm. and I didn't shoot my first buck until I was 16. I went out. I think one time I was 12 or 13 when I took that course, and uh, I went out one time with my dad. He took me out, and I just walked a dirt road. I saw a bobcat running down the dirt road. <laughs> I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, and then I just never went out again until uh, I got older. But yeah, so that's how I that's how I even like started. And I was the first one, to my knowledge, that definitely the first one out of my immediate family to really take up hunting as a hobby or as a lifestyle or whatever you'd like to call it. Did your Did your family pick it up? Yeah, actually, a couple of them did. So um, one of my brothers has shot a few bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, another one I know has at least shot one uh, black tail, and he just got a turkey also. And my dad has actually killed a couple deer now too. Really? Yeah. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. So. What about you? Were you brought up doing it? Um, yeah, I, uh, my dad, you know, wasn't against it or anything, but he wasn't really too into it. But my grandpa, my, my mom's dad was, mm. I mean, they were, they were horsebacking into the sawtooths way before it was cool. Like really? In the sixties and seventies and yeah. stuff. And yeah, I mean, they're, <laughs> that's awesome. And they were, yeah, I've got some crazy pictures of, you know, the old meat poles with, mm-hmm. you know, 10, 28 inch bucks on it. Well, maybe not 28, but 10, 20, 10, <laughs> we're calling them 28 yeah, right 10, now. <laughs> 10, 25 and up, you know, with, with a couple thirties on there. That's crazy. Just, yeah. Awesome time. And so he, he was a big hunter and, um, I grew up in just a little bit more South of where Sage grew up in a, <clears throat> on the coast and, and, uh, so it was all black tails and you could get two tags or you still can actually, but lucky. Dogs. So we'd always, uh, <laughs> from the time I was, I don't know, five, I mean, as early as I can remember, I'd always go with him and, um, he drew Nevada a couple of times. I went there, 
before I was even old enough to hunt. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so it really influenced from him. And then as I got to the age of, when do you get eight, nine? Is that when you can first start bird hunting and stuff? I think, well, I'm not sure. I know the mentored youth tag is nine mm-hmm. here, but I think state to state it might vary. Yeah, well, they don't, they didn't have that in California, but. Yeah. Um, but for ducks and birds and stuff like that, I think it's eight or nine. But when I got that, my dad took hunter safety with me and then mm-hmm. he, and then he's been hunting ever since now too. Um, but yeah, I was, and I was obsessed from as early <laughs> as I can remember. I mean, same here, but I never really, you know, like we would just, you know, do a lot of old school road hunting and stuff and. It wasn't, didn't really get hard into it until I was probably in my early 20s. It mm-hmm. used to just be like, oh, yeah, we go out and look for deer. I mean, I loved it, but I didn't ever really take it that next step until mm-hmm. I was a little bit older. Um, But, yeah, I shot my first buck when I was 13, and until 2016, that was still my best buck. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, it was. <laughs> uh, wow. I walked up, or we spotted them. We hunted like a whole week. My dad took me out of school, which apparently you can't do anymore because mm. you get in trouble from the state. Really? Yeah, that's what I heard. I didn't know that. Yeah, you pull your kids out for hunting. It's like a... Child abuse. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, pretty much what they try to say. Teach them to be a man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, I was Teach like... Teach more than you can. Yeah, I was like actually <laughs> mad when I heard that because I was like, man, that was like... It's a highlight. Like great growing up knowledge when I was a kid, you know, and, and quality time with your dad. Um, but anyway, so we spotted him across this, it was, it was kind of a bowl, but it wasn't real big. And, um, we hadn't seen anything all week, hardly, you know, maybe a fork and horn or something. And now all of a sudden the last day I was way down, just, well, we're not going to see anything anyway, you know, Mm -hmm. 13 year old kid. And, um, my dad's like, Oh, there's some deer. And I'm like, oh, they're does. Who cares? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, man, they're all bucks. And there's like five nice bucks over there. Really? Yeah. And we were, we had we had walked in. It wasn't real far, but it was up this super steep ridge to get up there. And then they were on the other side of that ridge. And um, so we, I took a shot from there. I missed. <laughs> but 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 we didn't know if I did or not, so we went over to look, mm-hmm. and we uh, once we got over above where they were, and it was real shaly, really steep. I mm-hmm. mean, mountain goat country, and um, we split up, started looking. There was a big snag where we last saw the buck I shot at, and we split up, and and I'm like, oh, I'll get up over on that big boulder, and then I'll be able to see around a lot. And uh, I get up there, and he's, like, right below me. <laughs> and we just, like, lock eyes, and he, uh-huh. like, he whips his head around. And I had no idea how big he was. I thought he was – I just saw horns. And um, and I just, like, I mean, 20 yards, and I'm still, like, okay, aim, <laughs> slowly squeeze. Um, I could have just pushed a rock on him, but <laughs> – uh, And then, so he he falls – and just tumbled and tumbled and it was hmm. it was still one of the craziest packouts of my life but 
yeah, it was a great experience with my dad. Oh, and then my grandpa comes over to help us pack it out. Because, I mean, it took us like eight hours to get it back to the truck. Really? Wow. Yeah, it was, you know, just a little blacktail. It's not like it was an elk or a moose or something. <laughs> it was take a step, slide four back, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, so my grandpa drives back over to help us and then breaks his leg on the way in there. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, Holy smokes. And you're 13? And I'm 13. <laughs> and so I, I, wow. I didn't know how to drive, and he's got this big old diesel stick, you know. <laughs> and uh, so he, like, we didn't know. It wasn't, like, hanging down, you know. But he uh, he's like, I think I broke it. I heard it snap. Mm. And so he's like, well, you guys go ahead and get the rest of the meat, and I'll try to get back to the truck. And he hobbles his way back up there. And uh yeah, he drove all the way home. It was like a three hour drive. With a broken leg. With a with a manual transmission just oh, shift in and the whole the whole way down. Get that experience in yeah. school. So <laughs> that yeah. was That's cooler than my first buck story. Yeah. Oh, mine too, by so, a lot. And and he was he wasn't I mean, he was a good solid black tail. He was a nice four point. Nothing really? I think he's eighteen wide or something like that. But really? my biggest yeah. one. Yeah. That's my yeah. biggest But it it wasn't like you see in you see these like twenty three inch black tails, you know, around. But now he's just making me feel bad. I about know. No, no, no. I've but seen but <laughs> no, he he was he was a solid a solid four point. He's I've only seen a couple black tail over twenty inches in my life, and one of them, uh, my brother originally found it. and We hunted him for I don't know three or four years, and then he got poached. Oh, oh really? Yeah, we got videos of him and everything. He might even be on YouTube um, under an old account I had. I had, but this was. Had to be, I don't know, ten years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't even go up there anymore. They locked it all up and said, "Stay out of here." Hmm. But uh, God, you know, there's some big blacktails, and that was a valley blacktail. Oh, really? Yeah, huge. Oh, here we go with this debate. Oh yeah, <laughs> bench league. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> this this one was actually closer to the coast, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank God, because I mean, if not, that's, yeah, yeah, that's... yeah. Well, you gotta watch out because if you start getting too far south. Then you're yeah, hitting, then no, you're this was uh, <laughs> this was actually not far from where he grew up. Mm. <clears throat> so I'm gonna need GPS coordinates. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, it's probably by that rock. By the yeah, by the it, tree. It, it, oh, was, it was by, by, that, by that rock. Yeah, by the yeah. gate. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. So, what do you guys have planned for this year for hunt? Since the draw is coming this week, I think. Um. For Oregon. Nothing fancy. You want to know a secret? Hmm. I am the worst at planning hunts. <laughs> I've gotten so, better, but I'm well, not exactly a genius either. Oh, I'll plan the heck out of general season. Let me tell you, I got big plans for general season. Did you not put in for anything? Uh, I put in for a couple of things, okay. but none, none of, I'm like definitely not going to get any of the things that I put in for. So oh, really? Just point holders, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we might, we might hop over into Idaho for a week or so mm. and chase some elk around in Idaho. Um, we're definitely going to be hunting uh, Eastern Oregon for at least a week, chasing elk around. Mm. Um, that's going to be a blast. And then I'm going to hunt around where I live, you know. Um, for blacktails with a bow. You know what? You about got me convinced to not. And oh man, <laughs> this is, I don't even know if I should say this because I'm kind of condemning myself. But I thought about, just thought about putting down my bow and grabbing, uh, I can't even say it. A rifle oh. <laughs> for for a black tail season. So yeah. I actually have gotten into um, uh, rifle shooting quite a bit this last 
Well, it's because of spring bear season, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you can't get a spring bear in any of these cuts closer than, you know, 400 yards. So, mm-hmm. But I thought about, but honestly, I seriously doubt I'd be able to live with myself if I didn't get a bow tag. Right. So I'm probably going to end up doing the same old, same old, passing up bucks all elk season long mm-hmm. and then praying for a forked horn during second season. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I still got late season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we'll probably try to hammer uh a bear or two and the funny thing is like i wouldn't even consider myself a bear hunter specifically mm-hmm. like uh, i'm an elk hunter i am terrible at it but i will i will elk hunt <laughs> <laughs> now bears they're just kind of the in between but i've actually really grown to love bear hunting so um soon as i think august 1st is typically the opener for spring or for fall bear is yeah that right? yep so we'll probably try to get a couple bears down if possible before um, anything with hooves and horns fires up mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be scouting all summer long, which is pretty typical for most people anyway that I'm, I would, I guess huh? <laughs> that's I'll, what we do. So I'll tell you, those first two weeks for bears last year was the best two weeks yep. in August that I have ever had. I like, would agree. Oh, there's bears everywhere. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah. And ones that I could have killed with my bow. Yeah. But I'd already shot a little one that year and I'm like, I'm not going to shoot another little one. Yeah. No, they were just, just a little, you know, add another 50 pounds onto them. I would have shot one of them, but mm-hmm. man, there's, I mean, it brings back, back to bear hunting. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks I saw this year. Oh, go ahead. Actually, did, what, what were you planning? I cut you off there. Oh yeah. Oh, oh, oh uh, <laughs> um, nothing crazy. I'm going to try to, well, I'm for sure going to try to do an Idaho hunt for elk archery. And then I have a rifle. If you find them, let me know where they are. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then I have a Oregon rifle tag for elk that I like to get. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. So, and I kind of, that's the way it worked out last year. I did, like last year I said, I went to Colorado mm-hmm. and then Oregon, Oregon rifle and then still got my deer tag. So that worked out perfectly to where I got my fill of trips in and and I, it, it didn't hurt the pocketbook too bad. Really? I have never hunted another state. That was the first time I ever had. Really? Yeah. Man, I'm going to start, though. Year yeah. before last was the first time for me. Where'd yeah. you go? I, in Idaho. I oh, you Idaho. did? Yep. I was thinking about getting the late season um, Idaho tag, but you have to put in for it, and it's, like, guaranteed to draw, but you just have to put in for it or something like that. Yeah. I don't know nothing about Idaho draw or anything. I'm going to have to get somebody on the show that does. Hunting Fool, dude. Hunting Fool guy? Yeah. It's the magazine Hunting Fool. Mm-hmm. So I can't, like, I, this is another thing I'm going to get crucified for. I cannot nerd out to draw odds and, like, statistics. <laughs> I am just, like, I want to beat my head against a wall. See, like, I should I'll go, have a book in here that literally has all the odds. Yeah, see, <laughs> like, I'll go shoot my bow. I'll go check game cams, I'll, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. get me on my feet, get me moving. But when I'm sitting there staring at statistics, oh, man, my insides hurt. <laughs> but um, a buddy of mine, uh, he's all about it, and he's got these magazines. They're hunting fool magazines is what they oh, are. Okay. And they just have, like, state by state, what to put in for, how to put in for it, mm-hmm. you know, what the best order you know to put in for like if you want to draw this first like they just super nerd out to all that stuff so hmm. that would definitely be an awesome resource for somebody you know look and they have was it go hunt go hunt go hunt does that go hunt's pretty epic too you yeah just punch what you want what you're looking for and it says these five units or what or what yeah. you're looking for that's it's like perfect. that's how i found the unit i was going to put in for this year go hunt this year and i just i just don't have the time yeah. and i mean it's late october i'm doing other stuff that time of year 
but and, and plus it's like 16 hours away i think or mm-hmm. 13 hours uh, away. yeah it, uh, so, uh, holy smokes well, it depends on where you're going obviously but yeah we uh we left after i got off work on saturday mm. so we left probably six o'clock seven o'clock mm-hmm. and my dad just drove all the way over there really all night long we we got <laughs> we got over there we got to the area we were going to about i think f- three or four the next afternoon how fast yeah. was he driving exactly well we had a <laughs> trailer kind of pinpoint this area <laughs> right. here no nah, you can't figure it out it's impossible <laughs> but uh yeah i kept like i'm like you want me to drive Nope, nope, I'm good. Uh, and man, he just muscle. I mean, he must have been a truck driver or something when I was <laughs> before I was born. My hunt that I didn't know the about. same way, but he's seen the way that I drive. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'd rather drive than crash and yeah, crazy. It's okay to crash if you're driving, but if it's the other person, oh my god. Yeah, you don't even expect it. Yeah, so <laughs> right. I about that. I got a friend who's he's he's gonna listen to this and he's gonna know that it's him. <laughs> he scares me to death every like we can't drive across town without him scaring me to death. So. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm that friend to my <laughs> <laughs> So I wanna talk about an area uh, and I was gonna hit bears, but I, I wanna talk about another area. Going back to what you were talking about earlier about kind of churning people into hunting and stuff. Uh I wanna go over being an ambassador to the sport because both of you guys seem like you're to me in my opinion, you guys are doing it right. And I just, yeah. well, it's really important because I touched, I almost touched on this on one episode. Maybe we'll, we'll really dive into this on this episode is there's 97% of the, of of people in the world that do not hunt. And around here, we, you know, we're the majority hunters around here. There's a lot of hunters, but you start getting in Eugene, Portland, Salem, even Ashland, Oh, for sure, uh, Ashland. Yeah, for sure, Ashland. <laughs> Don't drive a log truck through Ashland. No. Um, yeah. You really start to figure out that, that we are the minority. And <clears throat> so from a guy that's actually successfully churned people and, and really helped, the, in my opinion, all of us, when you churn one person, because that could be somebody that's potentially voting on mm-hmm. something that's going to affect us. Absolutely. Maybe, say, 1994 when they banned hound hunting, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff. Yeah. Um, What's your take on that, and how do you approach being an ambassador? Because if you have a YouTube channel, you have an Instagram, a Facebook, you even buy a hunting license. We talked about that in the previous episode. You're a hunting ambassador, whether you like it or not. Yep. So to me, um, one thing <clears throat> one thing that people, I think, that think they are or think they want to be hunting ambassadors kind of take for granted or don't mm-hmm. think about is if you're an ambassador for hunting and that's your game and that's what you want to do and you want to help – you know, like I said, shed an accurate light on hunting. Um, that's not just Monday and that's mm-hmm. not just Wednesday. That's every post, every conversation. And you can't, cause I mean, there's a lot of people who, you know, you'll get, you'll get flack and they just want to fire back and, you know, fire off the hip and, and, you know, you know, retaliate for, you know, things and people who don't understand. And what you're doing is you're kind of giving everybody a black eye. So right. you're ruining being an ambassador by having, you know, all this pride and being right and all this stuff. And it's hard because when you, when you do say, put out a video and you have an opinion and you put that opinion on, you know, and it's on there forever, whether you delete the video or not, that's you, that's who you are, that's what you did. So you really have to think about your content because what I always think 
anytime I post something, is this helping or hurting? And it's doing one or the other. There's no middle ground. Like if you post something, it's not just, oh, whatever. You're, you're stating something. You're stating an opinion. You're saying this is what's right. This is what's okay. Right. And so being an ambassador, I feel like it's, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of stress because you don't want to give hunting a black eye. You don't want to give somebody a foothold. And in that, right, you're also thinking like, well, I don't want to not be who I am, you know. Exactly what I I was just going to say. Yeah, I can't sell out, you know. Mm -hmm. I got to be who I am. So figuring out who you are and like what you believe and what you stand on is a big thing before you you go out there and, you know, start talking to people about hunting. And I think, you know, I mean, nobody's got everything perfectly figured out or anything like that. But um, just kind of know what you're talking about, I guess, before you talk about it and know how you feel about it and listening to podcasts and, you know, kind of digging deep, you kind of get your own opinion and stance on things. So, but I think it's very important because hunting, if you try to take yourself out of your own box and put yourself in the box of somebody who has never been around it, they don't, you know, participate in it. They don't know anybody who does it. They live in the middle of a city and you say, okay, this dude is taking this sharp thing and shoving it through some animal Mm -hmm. It sounds insane. It sounds wrong, you know, and and it's how it's portrayed. It's how it's, you know, um, shown to these people or not shown to these people, which is another thing um, that makes them have that opinion or gives them the opportunity to have the wrong opinion. Right. So um, just being able to show people what we actually do, like I said, and I think it's going to be a good thing for, you know, those people who don't, they're not around it. They don't get it. They don't understand it. And if we're the ones out there going, you know, you know, the, the pictures of blood, the pictures of all this stuff, that's just unnecessary. And I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying that. I mean, I 100% believe with my whole heart that hunting is a good thing. And I do believe it's conservation. And I do believe that, um, it's management, it's self-sufficiency. It's a lot of things. It encapsulates a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so saying, you know, that, you're not taking something's life is obviously not true either. So, you know, there's, there's a point where people are going to have to make their own decision, but I just want to give them the most accurate information to make that decision with. Hmm. That's a good mindset. So what about you, Luke? Um, a lot of the same things, but like you're, like you said a little bit, like you don't want to be fake, but you don't want to be harsh either. Like, because I feel like there is a part, that you need to show the blood you need to show the raw meat so so it's not like just candy coated mm-hmm. um well there's a difference between showing blood and then showing yes meat, ex- well yeah no i'm, I'm right. like there, there's a difference between showing a blood trail okay and then showing a buck with his eye poked out and his tongue hanging <laughs> exactly. out you know like exactly. that those well those, those are the ones that hurt and that's the I unnecessary yeah. that i'm talking about yeah right no there. no no I, I i know you are i'm just saying like yeah. so there's like this perfect balance so yeah it's and it's kind of tricky to find out where because everybody mm-hmm. thinks differently and everybody you know you got the redneck guys that are like oh man it's my right to hunt screw mm-hmm. them right I you know i'm I'm, I'm posting this buck you know we're, we're allowed to do it i don't i don't care what they think and yeah, I mean, yeah, it is your right. You do. You, who cares what they think? But, like you said, mm-hmm. hunters are almost zero percent of the, the population. Right. Yeah. So caring what they and think, and mm-hmm. just the fact that we're still allowed to is almost amazing. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, look at how our elections go. Yeah. You know, Portland says something. 
that's what happens. Right. L.A. says something, that's what happens. You know, and uh, yeah. Well, my thing is, is, is when you're posting something, is it, is it, and people don't think about it like this, but is it an integral part of the story that you want to tell? Do you want folks to remember that you headshot that deer and everything's showing? Yeah. Or do you want folks to know that you hunted like those, like those bucks that you talked to me downstairs? Well, you asked me like, oh, that's an interesting buck. I'm like, yeah, that has a great story behind. Like I immediately start going into the story. I don't tell you. You know, oh yeah, bled and did all yeah, this. But, yeah, exactly. You, you know, it's it's really the, the story behind it. And, mm-hmm. and there's a couple Facebook pages I belong to. I'm sure you guys are on there too. You know, the like the Oregon Big Game Hunters, and I'll, I'll flat out say it: Oregon Big Game Hunters and stuff. You see a lot of trashy posts on there, and yeah. there's there's anti hunters and non hunters that are on that page that troll it. Mm-hmm. And I don't ever want to have a photo that say if I randomly stumbled into an auditorium that was for PETA. And my face is yeah, exactly. on their screen yep. because yeah. you, know, <laughs> you don't like want this, your picture as yeah. evi- as evidence. For yeah, them. this d bagger shot this bear because it was fun. You yeah. know, like no, look like, at him; he just looks disgusting. Yeah, well, and that's <laughs> yeah. and that's that information part that they're lacking. So exactly, everybody and even hunters. And this is why I said that a lot of us, a lot of people in the past, and even people presently, right? They have done a bad job representing hunting because like for for me like i was talking about our logo and the branding and everything uh-huh. the experience the thing that gets you out of bed the thing that makes you put on your boots when it's raining when it's you know a million degrees outside when you know there's there's no real good chance of winning and you're going to go out there and you're going to grind anyway and you're going to go out there and you're going to carry this heavy pack and you're going to go out in the woods and you're going to do you know you're going to accomplish what you set out to do like what is that what makes it do that is it the squeezing of the trigger and the killing of the animal for me absolutely not like it's it's the entire encompassing experience and when you post that picture of the you know deer with its head blown off you are not representing that you know, the climactic portion of your story, that's just one small part of it that you think somebody's going to care about. Right. And it's the wrong people that are caring about it, you know? Right. Now, if you represent that as the struggle, you know what I mean? You show that, you know, it's difficult. It's not easy. It wasn't given. It was earned, you know, and you walk them through the process and you show them that, yeah, you can show them the animal. I have no, like the whole grip and grin thing. I, I was, was going to bring that up too. I was having trouble like figuring out where I landed on that. And like, you know, you're, yeah, I am proud of this, you know, the end, you know, there's a means to the end. I am proud of this animal and it's not because of its its size or whatever. It's the experience that leads up to it. And that's why, like, I don't, you know, shoot stuff off my back porch or whatever, you know, like that. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, I want that experience. I crave that experience. I right. crave the, the difficulty, you know what I mean? The, the earning of it. And when you do take the picture of that animal, like I have every arrow that I've ever killed anything with. I have every bullet shell, you know, the, the brass that I've shot every, and like I have them taped and I have the, the name or the, excuse me, the um, date on it and everything. And like, when I look at them, that takes me back to an experience that takes me back to a story that I lived, mm-hmm. not a trophy that I show my friends and t- talk about how many inches it is or anything like that. Like, yeah, everybody wants to shoot a big deer. Everybody wants to shoot a big bull. Everybody wants to shoot a big bear, you know, like that's t- taking mature animals out of the herd and, you mm-hmm. know, making room for other. Yeah, that's definitely a goal. But if that's your main focus is the the inches, it's going to come out in what you post. So you really have to think about. Right. 
who you are before you start saying I'm an ambassador for hunting. You know, are you out there for, for self-recognition? Are you out there so you can be the cool guy that kills the biggest stuff or right. has the goriest pictures, you know? Or are you actually helping because you're doing one or the other? You're helping or you're Right. And when we talk about being an ambassador, I feel like everybody has adopted this mindset of hunter conservationism. Mm-hmm. And I'm a hunter conservationist, and, and I do it for all the organic meat. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's this this defense from hunt, you know, for hunters that has yeah. been built up by a lot of folks on, you know, the, I guess the actual ambassadors, and it, and I just I don't feel like that actually fits the puzzle. It's like, just a piece of it's the pie. One, it's one, yeah, exactly. It's right. it's one portion of it that a lot of people feel they can hang their hat because it's a safe place because it's got a it's lot a of safe, backing. It's yeah. a yeah, it is. But if I ask you, what's your favorite color? Uh, red. Why? I don't be, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why. Why do you like to hunt? Is Conservation. It really, is, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. of the organic it's just a piece meat. Of it. Yeah. Well, you know. No. It's more than that. Because if it was for the organic meat, you'd be shooting it off your porch. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And for me, it's it's so hard to put in words. If, it's if this I, big. It's this big, yeah. I mean, it's never one thing. Yeah. And for my for my perspective, because I've actually hit anti um, – not actually hit, but <laughs> ran into – not with my car. I need to choose my words more carefully. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually met <laughs> uh, anti-hunters, and I did it on my Africa trip. Um, the first person I got I talked to when I got off the plane was an anti hunter. On the way the person, there, on uh, when I arrived, it was the TSA guy for uh, Africa, really? South Africa, yeah. Huh. And uh, it still bothers me to this day because I didn't know what to say to him. He's mm-hmm. like, "Why are you here?" I'm like, "Oh, we're going hunting." He's like, "For food or for fun?" I'm like, "Both." Both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, "Well, are you here to kill our animals? Or are you here for the food?" I'm like, "Well, I plan on eating what I kill, and then the rest is going to go to." to market and to the to the workers and it's going to you know provide this and that and, yeah. and he's like uh have fun killing our animals and then i'm like oh i didn't i didn't make any impact there and i didn't have an answer pre- prepared mm-hmm. not that i should have an answer prepared but and he also didn't time, sound like he was willing to listen no to he was too cl- much. he was close-minded yeah yeah but um you know basically i said hunting's fun and, and i like to eat the meat mm-hmm. but at the same time that didn't i didn't i didn't feel like that was good enough like, yeah I told the girl that was escorting us out, I'm like, next time I'm here, he better be here, and I'm going to have an answer yeah. for him, you know, yeah. whether it's six years down the road. Go through security like five times trying to find Exactly. Him. I'm like, no, I want that guy. I'll wait an hour to talk to him. Uh-huh. But uh, where I'm going with this is that got me, because I have a lot of road time for my job, so mm-hmm. I drive around, you know, four hours a day on average um, for my job, and so I, I reflect a lot, and the the thing that I, for, for myself, my argument is, and I got asked plenty of times, you know, are you a trophy hunter? You know, you went over to Africa. Are you trophy hunting over there? And my thing is, well, what do you think trophy hunting is? What is trophy hunting? Well, that's where you kill the animal and, and you leave it, you know, and, and that's it. You just take a picture with it. I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not trophy hunting. You got to ask these people and you got to challenge <clears throat> these people on what do they think trophy hunting is? What mm-hmm. do you think hunting is? Tell me why you are against it. What do you think it is? And then you need to put the ball in their court. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I reflect on, on why I hunt and, and I'm talking to these folks, the the problem they have with hunting is the 1% of the animal's life on how it dies, right? They're not focused on how it lived. They're going to eat a hamburger from McDonald's. They're going to they're gonna 
eat a chicken nugget. That animal, I don't know if you guys have seen, I call them the chicken semis. You guys seen the chicken semis driving down I-5? Mm-hmm. I see them up in Washington. Their cage is about the size that a football could fit in. There's hundreds yeah. of chickens on a semi. And you're worried about how my animal died within 30 seconds of being shot with a rifle yeah. or a gun. But that, I mean, there's there's got to oh. be and a, then a also, connection there. If it would have lived a year, two years longer, right. it would have died because its teeth rotted out so bad it couldn't eat. Or a mountain lion ate it alive. That is right. Or, you yeah. know, or it just flat starved to death. Right. You know, and everything's going to die. And that animal lived, it did whatever it wanted to the, its whole entire life. Yeah. Until it died. Right. And these, these farm men or these, you know, factory farm animals, they're caged in there, slammed in there, shoulder to shoulder. They walk by grains thrown at them, yeah. and they go, "Oh yeah, my favorite part of the day." Walking around in their own feces, they're up, and, they're up to their knees and yep. poop God and pee, what. and yeah, and and they're oh, they're all dying because they're so sick. They're pump them full of antibiotics, and right. Well, yeah. my thing is, I mean, is, is I or go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, I mean, even if take hunting out of the equation, right. And that is wrong, no matter what. I mean, I right. I don't I don't like that at all. I don't like watching it on TV or no, anything. No, every, everybody's walked <sighs> come across those PETA videos on YouTube. Yeah, on a you know, and they're going in the YouTube tunnel and. Yeah, and I'm not against processing meat and stuff. I mean, there's guys that do it the right way, and I don't want to hammer an industry just to defend. No, my, no, 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 my no. Yeah, this is again lifestyle. a a portion of the industry. Right. Yeah, exactly. Just like hunting, there's the rednecks, and there's right. the, there's the guys that actually are trophy hunters. But it's a very, very, very small percentage, right? Comparatively. Well, I want you guys to, to, to think about this. Are we focusing? We all focus on on for anti hunting. They all focus on the quality of the death. Okay, they focus on wow, you shot that animal, you put an arrow through him, you hurt it. You told me about a story where you shot a buck and the animal kept feeding. It didn't even know what happened. Mm-hmm. I uh, especially we, with archery yeah, stuff, it seems. We've we've had bulls that were stuck and they kept bugling. And they were stuck good. I mean, a lot of yeah. the times these things don't even know what happened. And I think instead of focusing on the quality um, or, or, or how it died, we should focus on the quality of how it lived. You know, if I play out two different scenarios for you, you have a buck that was free-ranging who did what he wanted, lived, migrated, reproduced, reached, you know, five, six years old. And then you have a chicken that lived for, I don't know how a chicken, you know, in a... I don't even think they make a year. In a foot-by-foot square, and it's plumped so big, it can't even walk. I mean, what one would you... What life would you rather live? Yeah. I mean, really, I... Oh, I mean, it's... Easy question. It is an easy question. Yeah, I think we really need to... And this is just my personal beliefs here, but I think we really need to start spelling this out for folks. Everything is going to die. I'm going to die. Everything's going to die eventually. And and then the second thing is, and I've heard... I forget who said this, but life eats life. Mm-hmm. And if something's going to live, I don't care if you're vegan. You're eating something that is growing, that is living. You're killing insects to harvest that probably. I mean something's dying for that vegan to live. I don't care or vegetarian or whatever it may yeah. be. And so I guess my question is to you is is with the videos and stuff, um, you know, I feel like that's such a great aspect because my favorite TV show period for hunting would have to be Jim Shockey's um, Unknown. Uncharted. Uncharted. And I was telling Kim about this um, this show, and I'm like, he goes to monuments, and he tells you the history of why this is significant, and then he gets, you know, he takes you onto camp, and he, he watches you feed, or he, he watches, you know, tapes him eating and stuff, and then like the very sliver of it is him actually harvesting an animal, 
And then the, my favorite hunt is him. Like he wasn't gonna kill. He wasn't gonna kill this goat in like somewhere in Russia. I don't know. And he hunted for like I forget thirty days or something straight. And then finally, like he's the chopper's on his way. They find the animal, they shoot it, and then just before the chopper lands, they make it there. It was like that is exactly what's going to push the bar. And I feel like that's what you know Sage is planning yeah, exactly. on doing and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know I don't I can't I don't plan on being in Russia with helicopters <laughs> or anything like that. You know it's it's you all know. it's all situational. I mean you do everything you can. I mean I have you know, I have a life and a business and kids and a wife and a dog. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on and I can't do as much. Um, you know, you don't, you only feel so effective, you know, you can only reach so far, but the people right. within my reach and the things that I can do, um, I would like to, and it's worth putting the effort in, I think. Right. And like Luke was saying, it's, it's hard to believe, like if you try to put yourself in those people's perspective, this isn't just anti-hunters. This is people who don't hunt. Right. You know, that's not... That's the area I'm focused on. Right. And if you put yourself, you know, in their shoes, looking at hunting and how it's been portrayed in the past, I am surprised it's still legal. You know what I mean? Like how... <laughs> yeah. And so, and it's not, it's it's not like we, we're going to keep it forever without, you know, making sure we maintain and making sure we do a better job. Just and I'm not trying to, you know, preach from a soapbox or anything like that, but I would like to do my part, you know? Right. I mean, as a human i would like to do my part because there's right and wrong and i do feel like hunting is a good thing and i feel like it, you know nobody wants to be misrepresented right and it, it hurts when you get misrepresented you know and i think for the sport for the lifestyle to continue it's imperative that we do a good job and i'm not sure how far the reach goes i don't know what percentage of people do hunt or don't hunt or if it's i've i've recently heard that it's on the decline um, which seems logical. It's hard because we live in a bubble. I mean, everybody lives in right. a bubble. In our bubble, yeah. there's bow hunters and there's people who rifle hunt and there's people who plan hunting and they check their game cams and they do all this stuff. But outside of our bubble is a big place and that big place doesn't necessarily have everything that we have in our bubble nor the tools to get it. So just to make sure that we you know, do a good job. And yeah, I am planning to you know do everything i can to make quality videos that people would want to watch regardless of their involvement in the outdoor industry mm-hmm. um and you know that may end up being local for a little while until you yeah. know get things rolling a little bit but yeah oh i think you you touched on a good area there not focusing i think you have just as good a chance as me convincing somebody with vegan and their instagram name is that hunting's right as you do is convincing me that hunting's wrong. <laughs> you know, those hardcore ones, let's just take those off the table. Let's focus yeah. on the ones that are on the fence. Yeah. Let's focus on the, you know, the 97% that eat meat but don't really care either way whether I hunt or not. Because right. those are the ones that are really going to benefit Perfect. us in the, in, the, in the long run. And and I guess, I guess, I think, I feel like the thing that you're doing with the Chasing Moby is, is really hitting that market. Because um, I don't, I mean, I don't anymore. I don't even care if I get the shot on film. It used to be all about getting the shot on film, and that's just literally less than a second. I mean, why am I worried about the one second of a half hour long YouTube video? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I so worried about that? Yeah, it's really cool to see that and stuff. And and um, you know, I thought that Blue Wildebeest video was going to get everything because it had the shot on film. It hasn't gotten very many views, but the quality's not very good. Like you're saying, it's got it's GoPro footage. And uh, I just feel like you're you're really hitting it because the more that I upload and the more that I I, I I get out there, the 
what you're what you're saying makes more sense to me. Um, the quality the is really important for me for what you're trying to do. It just opens up the demographic, and I, I feel like it's the difference between you know bow hunters. How many people want like I'll watch a terrible bow hunting film because right. I'm a bow hunter. Right. So it's like if you're selling a dirt bike, mm-hmm. you are selling it to people who ride dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. And that's X amount of people. But now say you're selling a car. How many people drive cars? Everybody. Everybody. So if you're taking this film that is put together poorly, but you're, you have a pitch and it's a certain demographic, bow hunters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bow hunters are going to watch that. But if you're, if you're, you're filming and you, your pitch is this you know, beautiful video with high quality image and a story that's told through the lens well, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, you know, good, good cut scenes and awesome audio. And you just, now you're selling a car. There's more people out there who would take that and run with it versus the guy, that, you know, the dirt bike demographic, man. That's mm-hmm. where it's at. That's a good point. And, uh, I, that's actually a really good metaphor. I've never thought about it like that. So. Uh, my brain is pretty, <laughs> pretty full of stuff. <laughs> So where are you, where are you at on that? For if somebody's Luke, where you know if someone's coming at you, like why do you hunt? What's your stance? Well, usually if I get any negative comments or anything like that, my first question is, are you a vegan? <laughs> and if they say yes, then I'm like, all right. Well, then you can have that opinion because you're at least trying. Right. Like maybe like we have different thoughts about things, hmm. but you're at least trying to help the problem. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Like. I never thought about it like that. Like they, like they don't believe what I believe, but they're at least doing something. And they're they think no animals should die, so I'm trying it. The people that really drive me nuts are the people that say you shouldn't hunt mm-hmm. while they're eating at, at, <laughs> at you know a giant right. burger or a giant steak. Because huh. then I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> you're not making sense at all. Right. Like like we talked about earlier, that that cow lived in slavery mm-hmm. its whole life, and then it just watched all of its buddies get killed right in front of him. And, you know, who knows how much they really know what's going on, but probably something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, and now you're going to chew on it and then get mad at me for killing a deer. <clears throat> so it's you're like, more okay with it if somebody's actually talking the talk behind well, it. Well, I'm not really okay with it. Like, I still right. disagree with You'll them. You'll accept it easier. But it, to me, it makes more sense. Like, yeah, at least they're trying. That's really interesting. I've never heard that perspective before, and that actually does make, make sense to me. Yeah, but... Like the the hypocriticalness, is that right? Yeah. No. Anyway, I'll, I'll accept it yeah. from my uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of the the meat eater that's saying hunting's bad is really what gets me going. And so then I'll I'll give them that whole spiel and talk about the you know everybody's seen those documentaries again and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And well, and sometimes maybe it is lack of information. Exactly. These I people mean, don't necessarily they they're don't. not necessarily a bad guy. But when exactly. you give them the tools or and they, say, hey, this is the information, right. and your, now make your decision, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it's still that way, well, we're going to have to agree to disagree. And besides not having the information, they've probably been told the wrong information. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're already biased. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, they've, they're like, you know, I mean, we've all seen the, like, the little, like, even cartoons, you know, they have the Bubba Hunter that's, yep, woo, yeah. you know, and they're out there taking pictures and stuff. Um, yeah. Did, uh, Cameron, was it Cameron? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah. yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was and amazing. I, I, I read the caption first yeah. and then I was like, Oh, what's this? It's probably like 
you know, not super direct. It's probably mm-hmm. just, no, no. Yeah, it was no, pretty it, bad. Yeah, really? it was amazingly, yeah. let's, yeah, something about like, let's take pictures with this dead animal and then leave it here or something like nah, that. Yeah, something it was, ridiculous. it was, it was like blatant. Yeah, it was like propaganda. Yeah, yeah. propaganda, yeah. Like taking selfies and, <sighs> yeah, it was bad. But they're getting those ideas from what they're seeing. I mean, it's, it's not everybody, but it is out there. Mm-hmm. So we got to just do our part. Try to not be that guy. Right. I think at recognizing it at the get-go that we're on an uphill battle. Exactly. And it's not something from that, the beginning. Yeah, it's not something you can just declare victory over. It's it's a battle that's going to have to be fought and won literally every single day. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not a war you can win. And that's that whole making sure that your content and what you believe is on par with what you're saying because you're right. going to get called out. And if yeah. you have to live this every day, what you build up, what you say, mm-hmm. only matters if it's real. And if you're the guy that does good, does good, does good, and then, oh, yeah, you know, and then all of this stuff comes out later, yeah. you're giving it a black eye. So you have to maintain the course. You know what I mean? You got to you got to be real and that you actually have to believe this stuff. You can't just be cool and say it. So because it's popular right now or whatever. Right. You know, right. So. Mm-hmm. That's my only thing is like this, this organic argument and the conservation argument. It's like, man, how many of you have actually volunteered? Mm-hmm. And then the second yeah. thing is, is, is I still will buy hamburger from the store. So that argument doesn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Even you know, if I, I'm, I'm on my last package of uh, elk hamburger. So, I'm not buying a technically, I guess, organic meat there. If I go to the store, like, I don't know. It just, I'm trying to figure out something that works for me personally. Right. And, and, and it may be different for you and, and it may be different for Luke. And yep. It I is. just think people really need to take a second, a minute, a, you know, some driving time and, and really figure out why, why do they do what they do and what, what makes it to where they can defend, you know, how, how are you going to defend your position? Because you need to have something, in my opinion, not that we should have to, but unfortunately that's the world we live in, where you're going to have to be able to defend what you love to do. Yep. And uh, and it's never one thing. Like, we already went over that. But So is there anything that else you guys would want to add before we move on from there? Uh, going back to what hunting is or why we hunt, which is like <laughs> – the biggest not the biggest question but a gigantic loaded question Mm -hmm. um i actually tried to answer that one day and i sat down and wrote like three novels and i still didn't (laughs) i still didn't feel so yeah Yeah. well you know what i mean like i I just yeah no i know i have yeah but i ended up squishing it down into just one little sentence and uh, this obviously doesn't encompass everything, mm-hmm. but this is the one thing that this is like where I was at at the time. Anyway, I said, hunting is a crazy, amazing, fickle thing that drives me insane while motivating me to continue on. That is hunting. It's like, it's this thing. It's, uh, it's unexplainable almost. There's a passion to go do it. It's beneficial. It makes sense in a lot of ways. In some ways you're still taking life. There is, you know, there is loss in it. There is, you know, emotion in it. It's, it's deep. It's not something that's easily explained. It's not something that's, you know, you can just jot down on paper and everybody goes, Oh, you know, it is something different to different people Mm -hmm. and it's very personal and it's okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that's difficult to convey unless you actually think about it. And even when you do, it's not like it just rolls off the tongue really easy, you know? Mm -hmm. 
but to be able to figure out where you stand and like come up with is is it okay why is it okay where do you stand mm-hmm. and not necessarily for the reason of you know upholding your end of an argument but just to know as a person like where am i at with this mm-hmm. hmm. and i think it helped me out a lot to just sit down and like try to think about okay is this just a hobby am i doing this to be cool am, right. I, am i doing this because my friends do you know am, <laughs> and I mean, I guess the only person you could really talk to that would really, really know would be my wife. If you talk to my wife, <laughs> yeah, she'll she'll tell you every secret about me. And uh, yeah, man, I it's unexplainable the the drive, the passion to continue. Right. It's not because I'm good at it. I'll tell you that right now. It's not because I'm successful. I'll tell you that right now. Um, there's this me versus me. Like, how far can I go? How how much? can my brain endure like Cameron Haynes says it's all mental mm-hmm. that's legit that is that's, a that's great saying. that is and it's after years and years of being out there grinding I'm sure but it is it's how how far are you willing to take it and there's just something about the victory of putting yourself through all that in the mountains and coming home with you know the victory and the victory to me is the experience and like we're talking about the organic meat being kind of a funny thing to you know like that's what everybody talks about now mm-hmm. man when i open up my freezer i am pretty excited about that organic meat oh, though so it is again 100%. with the conservation it is a part of it it's a tool it's just not the part you right. know what i mean it's it is all encompassing so right. that's my little right and and to, and to pair it off of what you're saying yeah conservation and organic meat those are all facets yeah those are all basically just something that's spilling over out of the cup that's right it's there it's It's there and and conservation that's that's my hammer my tool belt right there i mean that is part of it i mean i've gone from shooting just back when i was younger shooting the first buck that walked out now i'm like okay let's really try and focus on taking a good mature buck (laughs) you know not there yet (laughs) you know i'm not there for elk yet oh man Um, i'm I'm leaps and bounds over over uh deer than I am elk but that's the other thing though it's a growing experience it's changing yeah, and evolving exactly. and it it grows you up it moves you from where you're at now right and it makes you have a goal and it's it's a good way to teach life man like it's mm-hmm. it's and people have been teaching life this way for years like it's right. it's tried and true and it teaches you respect for the game it teaches you respect for life it teaches you hard work and dedication like there are many things that are good about it, right? Not just the the squeeze of the trigger. So, well, that reminds me of um, <laughs> going off of what you said there uh, of a. I'm not even sure how it, how I'd put this, but it's the three stages of a hunter's life. Have you guys heard that? Mm-mm. You guys mm-hmm. haven't heard that. No, I don't. I think thought so, it was actually. really really popular. So, well, I guess well, I we're live not up, popular. I live so. under a rock. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any friends. Well, maybe either. I'm just making this up as I go. But I, I heard it as a as a kid, and it really stuck with me. My dad told me about this, and I'm not sure. Maybe he got it from somewhere. But the the three stages of a hunter's life really encapsulates every person at at some point in their life. So where you're not there for deer, where I am, I'm passing up bucks, and you're like, I'm not there yet. I'm still mm-hmm. going to shoot the first one. So there's there's the I, I'll just call it the uh, the meat stage. So there's a hunter. There's part of a hunter's life where he's just going out there for the meat. Period. Plain and simple. I'm shooting the first one. I'm going to feed my family. I'm going to put that meat in the freezer, and we're going to live off of that until next season. That is why I'm there. I am there for the meat. That's the meat stage. Then you have the hunting. Uh, conserv- you can call it conservation. The trophy stage. The mature buck stage. Whatever you want to call it. I'm going to selectively choose 
what animal I'm taking out of the herd because these fork and horns aren't challenging. I don't want to shoot them anymore. I want to shoot a nice mature buck, do the best thing for the herd. And, and that's where I'm at there. I want to shoot a big mature buck. That's the, uh, we'll call that the mature trophy stage. And then you have the one stage where the hunter's just going out there for the experience. And if he kills a buck, it's icing on the cake. He doesn't even care if he fills a tag. And, you know, he'll hunt. He'll have all the memories. He'll probably shoot more with a camera than he ever does a rifle anymore. He doesn't even care if he kills anything. That's That could be the same person. I, I moved from, on, on, from for, for deer, I moved from that at about 20 years old. I moved into the more mature, maybe even 22, more mature, bigger bucks, selectively choosing what I'm shooting into the trophy stage for, for, for deer. And then for elk, I just don't have that yet. I'm still at the meat stage and that's, a, that's a 800 pound animal running around. That's a lot of meat, you know, and the born and raised guys, they're still there. Mm-hmm. They're yeah, still so there. I was just going to say some guys stay right there the whole time. Right, I, right. I know guys that have killed 20 deer and they're still just right. well, got, got some meat, but, but you know, most people, yeah, you're right. It's totally meat. And then it's not like, it's not really a trophy. You know, like they say, oh, trophy hunting. It's it's right. a you're you're after that skill, that test, that skill level. Yes. Like, oh, I reached it. Right. Like that's what's exciting. I mean, like you know, yeah, there's guys that love inches and stuff, and but that's again part of it. Like, right. I hit that milestone. You know, it's not. That's well put. I should I should clarify that 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 I'm pointing at a uh, antelope in my in my room that we're podcasting here. And that is a 13 and a quarter inch antelope. And I told you guys a story about that. That is not, and don't even get me started on BNC and, and Pope and Young. Someone else is going to tell me what a trophy is. Come on. Yeah. That yeah, just yeah. irks me. But that is not a trophy in, in many people's eyes. But the story behind that, I could tell you, and I'd probably even get teary-eyed. I'm not going to even go over it. But that was one of the hardest animals I've ever killed, period, just because of what was going on in my life. You know, my... My favorite dog, my pup that I'd raised, um, sister to Tilly down or brother to Tilly downstairs got hit literally the day before we left for that hunt. I was going to scratch it. I waited 13 years for that antelope. Hmm. You cannot tell me that's not a trophy there. Like even if it's only 13 and a quarter inches, I was it just everything that went into that. It was so emotional. When I killed that thing, I cried because I was like, I can finally go home and be with my family and and and, and just take it all in and just yeah, it's, you know it's like, it was just my gosh. Every hunt, every hunt's like a flood of emotion or when it's not the kill, it's the, that's the climax. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, I did it. I can go home. I've got meat. I haven't seen my wife and girls in eight, nine, 10 days. (laughs) You know, I've hiked a million miles. I've been thinking about this all year. It's the... Yeah, it's it's all that comes up at once. So people are like, "Why do you oh, you know, hooping, hollering and it's not, "Woo, I killed a big whatever," or even, "Whoa, I killed an animal." Right. It's all of that, you know, like your dog and it's yeah. like, "Man, this has been a crazy week." Yeah. And it all finally comes to a head. Right. And and, yeah. and I started off that hunt at one stage where I was at the trophy stage and by the end of it I'm like, "I just want to go home. I want meat." And I'm I'm going to shoot the first heart-shaped antelope I see in we spotted that thing off and, and uh, put a pretty cool stock on him, and it turned out to be the Terminator antelope. He would not go down, um, even with um, – that's actually my dad's cape because by the time I was done with my cape, it was uh, it was not good. Hmm. But uh, that's my dad's cape on my antelope. Pretty cool. And he uh, did a European on his. 
So there's there's a really cool story behind that one, and there's a really cool story behind that buck there, but I won't get into that one now. But um, so I, it, it, my point, I mean, what I'm trying to do is is really push the bar because I think if we're going to make a difference with the non-hunters, we have to make a difference with the hunters first. You got to make your bed before you go out and change the world. You got to make sure that your room's clean. You got to go out and do these things. To, to put yourself in position. And if you buy a hunting license, you are an ambassador. In my opinion, if you upload, if you have friends, anybody. Yeah, yeah it doesn't have to be right. anybody seeing your stuff. Even just at work, people know you hunt. You right. If, I don't have any friends. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's Luckily put it this for way. us. <laughs> we know what is the de- – I'm going to have to look up the definition of an ambassador after this, but it has to be something that promotes or or – yeah, basically promotes something or talks about something. Well, hunters talk about what they kill. They talk about what they do. They promote what they do by uploading it. They, you know, I strapped a buck to a Celica one time. I was a great hunting ambassador that day. I had freaking yeah. bucks strapped to the top of my Celica. Mm-hmm. That's before I was, you know, I cared. Mm-hmm. That's before I did any of this stuff. Yep, I've been that guy. Yeah. And that's that growing I, experience. That's that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what? I've done some things in the past where now I have a different set of standards and it's not because I'm flip-flopping or I'm a different person or I'm wishy-washy, right. but I'm learning and I'm growing. And like when I started chasing Moby, I was a different person than I am today. Right. You know, I was a different person last year than I am today. Hmm. You know, it's you're, it's a growing experience and you, you are learning what is important and why it's important. Right. And the whole strapping a deer to the, to the car <laughs> thing, I've done that. I've been that guy. I, I, Absolutely. And at the time, yeah. I didn't think anything of it. And I, I would have been cool. the guy that said, you know, this is my right, like you were exactly, talking about. Exactly. And so I can't say that those guys are bad people. No, I can't say no. that I don't understand them. Mm-hmm. All I can say is, you know what, I, ha- I have been there without the proper tools to be where I am now mm-hmm. mentally and to have the perspective I have now. So to, to get to where you're not strapping stuff to the hood of cars, driving downtown, letting the blood run down the back window. Yep. Um, why? Well, there's a reason why, and this is it. You know what I mean? So. Right. Yeah, and I can't tell you how many people stopped and took pictures. Yep. That, that could I be got free Dutch Bros for like a month after that. Did you? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, that was a different town. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, we live in the bubble of bow hunters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that in Portland. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. But yeah, there's like, especially at least for me when I was younger, there's like this, like, like you want people to get mad. Oh, yeah. like, like, screw you, man. Ask me about my, about my deer, bro. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, you don't like this? Yeah. You well, know, too bad. Whatever. I'm going to go out and kill another one just because you said that. Yeah, exactly. Helping <laughs> helping or hurting. Yeah, exactly. see, but when you're 16, you, yeah. don't, you don't care about that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, and that's why I said I'm different now than I was then. That's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, exactly. So it was, uh, I think this has been a pretty good podcast, guys. We're going on an hour and 25 minutes, and um, my goal for this podcast was to get your guys's platforms out there get chasing moby out there get mountain minded out there because i want to spotlight folks that i that i feel i have a lot in common with that i feel are doing it right that are going to push the bar that are going to spread the gospel of hunting i guess if you will (laughs) they're gonna be good disciples of hunting and and really do good by everybody that's listening to this podcast i know if sage goes out and posts something i'm not going to have to worry about it and not that i do worry about other people's posts but I do get worried when I run across it on Facebook because that's just a a cesspool of photos and 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 just people doing it wrong. And you want to go onto a page. I already told you which one it was. Um, go on there in November and you'll you'll see it, man. I mean, I I, I personally I don't even go on that page during hunting season. Hmm. I just I just don't even do it. Um, but 
that's why I wanted to have you guys on the show, and I appreciate you guys driving, I don't know, an hour, hour and 20 to be here. So um, is there anything else, uh, final thoughts that you guys want to say before we get off this thing? No, man, I just, we really appreciate you having oh, us on yeah, the show. Yeah, That's yeah. super awesome. Yeah, big um, time. We love meeting, well, I know I can, I'm sure I can speak for Luke <laughs> also. I'm trying to speak for him, but I think yeah. I can. Uh, meeting with like-minded people, people uh-huh. who uh, have passion and drive to uh, do this stuff. And you, like you said, when you don't have to worry about somebody, when you don't have to worry, like even in the woods, like that, I, mm-hmm. I told you earlier, you don't have to worry about somebody poking holes in the wrong animal or anything like that. You know, I mean, yeah. it's a blessing to know that there are people out there who are doing good things for, um, the things that we love. And there's, like I said, there's big names, Cameron Haynes, um, uh, Jim Shockey, Fred Barry. So, I mean, you know, these people have done and are doing good things. So it's not like we're the first people to try to do this. We just want right. to do our part. And I'm right. not trying to save the whole world. I'm just the people within my reach. And I feel like, if everybody kind of jumps on the bandwagon, you know, the people within your reach, like I know that, you know, I don't have a giant company or a huge reach, but the people within my reach, it is your responsibility to do what you can for the things that you love. So for sure. And it's almost a selfish thing because like, (laughs) I don't want honey to look bad or go away. I mean, especially in this state, yeah, I'm not good at it yet. Shoot. Right. Yeah. And it like, can't go away, I mean, <laughs> I mean, right now it seems like, oh, that's crazy. We'll always be able to hunt. But 10 years, who knows? Yeah, exactly. And, and and to be honest with folks out there, this is mo- so different than the Joe Rogan podcast where he reaches yeah. Oh, those, yeah. those people that need to hear it. This yeah. is just an echo chamber. Yeah, if you're listening exactly. to this podcast, I seriously doubt you're one of the ones that needs to hear this. But at the same time, you are because you could be that guy that pushes the envelope. You could be the guy that gets that extra vote that passes that hunting measure that we need. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's a double-edged sword. Make sure that your edge is sharp. And I guess that's all I can ask. So, uh, well, thanks, Sage, Luke. You guys have been great guests, and we're going to have to absolutely do this again. Maybe sure, talk about sure. Apple Bottom, the bull, oh, the yeah. bears. I, yeah. I forgot about <laughs> it. Yeah. I was wanting to cover that, but it just didn't go there. Yeah. Oh. But, one uh, one thing I did want to mention real quick, yeah. um, and I, I know we don't have a whole lot of time to dive into it, but um, I got, got the opportunity to – um, help out with a group called the Purple Heart Outdoors. Oh, that's right. Yes, Purple Heart Outdoors. Um, they are a group that um, they take um, the special operations community, so active mm-hmm. special operations, whether it's Army. Um, uh, well, at this particular time, they had Army and the Marines there, but I think they do Navy and Air Force. I think they do everybody. But uh-huh. um, they take these guys who are active military and uh, when they're home, they just take them um, hunting. It's completely nonprofit. Not not a single person that's there makes a dollar. It's all donated time. And mm. um, I got to go hang out with these guys, and I'm sure, absolutely sure, that I got more from it than they did. I mean, these just are quality people, awesome mm. people, awesome organization. And I just want to say, I mean, if you guys are, if anybody's looking for something to donate to, if they got mm. any extra money in their pocket, um, it, I have spent some extended time with these people and they are quality people and the things that they do for these uh, active military guys is awesome. And they just give them a chance to uh, come be normal people and, you know, come hunt and enjoy the things that they're fighting for, Mm -hmm. you know, the freedom for and the ability to come home and, you know, eat a piece of that pie that's sitting here that they've been fighting to keep free. So anyway, I got a chance to go to go bear hunt with these guys. They're quality people. And I would absolutely say, 
um, if you're looking for something to support or sponsor. What was that called? Purple Heart Outdoors. And where, where can people get a hold of that organization? So purpleheartoutdoors.com, uh, I do believe, is – let me see. Let me make sure here. Um, is that an Oregon-based company? Uh, they're not Oregon-based. I'm not sure exactly where they're based. Huh. But uh, anyway, if you message me on Instagram, I will get you hooked up with uh, the correct people. So it's just Chasing Moby on Instagram. Okay. Um, All one word? Yep, Chasing Moby. Yep, it's got the picture of the whale with antlers and bare legs. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I'll get you hooked up with the right people because there are a, a couple different Purple Heart uh, programs. Some of them are for um, disabled um, military people. And this particular one is for active special operations um, so it's pretty specific, but, um, like I said, there's the guys out there, kind of the tip of the spear and fighting for, so, um, it's, from what I understand, it's one of the only organizations like it for active. Yeah. Cause they're all active. For veterans. Yep. Nope. Yeah. These guys are all active guys. Yeah, we we take care of our active guys too. Oh, exactly. Thought, yeah. You don't have to, I thought you were just saying it wrong the whole time, Nope, <laughs> but, but I didn't know. No, oh, nice. no, these are all, they're all active and, uh, yeah. So there were, there were. Uh, Green Berets and and uh, the really? Mar- yeah there were Marine Raiders and all the all the cool guys out there but you think about it they're out there grinding and grinding and grinding and when they come home we want to take care of them too so yeah, and, absolutely and like sure. I said get to enjoy um, what we enjoy because they're off you know fighting right. for our freedom and these guys like I said they're quality people um, blew me away at just how respectful and grateful and I'm um, just selfless absolutely selfless these people were right. so good thing to uh, put some effort into. So yeah. I would advise doing that. If you, you guys could. got a bear. Oh, <laughs> we got several bears. Oh, right on. Yes. That's really cool. Thanks for yeah. doing that. So anyway, that was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was uh purple, <laughs> purple heart outdoors. Purple heart outdoors. Yeah. There's purple heart outdoors tour. And from what I understand, it is not that one. There's several purple heart uh, foundation um, pages and only one of them is the one that I was involved with. And again, if you're if you're interested in donating to that or being mm-hmm. involved with that, I will uh, put a link in the show notes. Perfect, that'll work. Perfect, yep. yeah. Yep. Or or like I said, you can message me and I'll get you in contact uh, with a couple people. That them? Uh, that is not. Hmm. And you know what? I'll even put it in my Instagram for a little while. Uh, my perfect. link in the Instagram, uh, just in my bio there. Um, we'll do it there and we'll do it in the show notes. Awesome. It'll also show up on YouTube as well. We'll make sure we get that cool. out there. And like I said, they're not they're not a nonprofit to where like they actually have some employees or anything like that. Uh-huh. Everybody that's involved in this is they're all like I met um, people from all over, and they're they're involved. Um, they a lot of the guys pay their own way to be there to help out with the program. Really? Wow, yeah, it's cool. all completely volunteer based. Nobody's making any money off of this, so huh. don't feel like you're giving money to somebody for their job or anything. That's good you know? to know. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, I might have to get involved with that next year too. Yeah, I I was I got involved through a friend, through a friend kind of thing, and really? it's something that I would be more than blessed to do every year. Mm-hmm. I so. like that, Luke. Anything on your end? Parting words of wisdom? Um, no, not really, actually. And I hate saying that, but <laughs> we uh, you said it all. Huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we we hit everything pretty good. So, well, it I think it was definitely a good podcast. I hope it did not come off soapboxy. Maybe that one area where I kind of went off on a tangent, but it went definitely not preachy. We're really trying to push the bar here. And for folks that want to get involved with the purple heart outdoors, you can get a hold of Sage at chasing, chasing Moby on Instagram. Um, the links will be in the, uh, like I said, in the bio, 
um, in the in the show notes. You can also email me at GarrettWeaverHunts um, at gmail.com. I will make sure that your information gets to Sage if if you can't find him on there, which I don't know why you couldn't. But um, I want to make sure that we we make sure we take care of that organization as as best we can. Because um, just hearing you talking about it and and, and it's probably one of the only organizations that I've heard of that actually does stuff for our active. Yeah, I hadn't heard it. If, Which is cool. Yep. Yeah. And that means you're helping out probably local boys, too. Um, these guys were from all over, actually. Really? Yep. These guys were from all over the place. Interesting. So, yeah. all right, guys. Well, that includes this week's episode of the podcast. Um, hopefully, you guys will tune in to next week, and I will see you on the next one. Bye. You guys can say bye, too. Okay, goodbye. See you later. <laughs> see you later. See ya. Well, that's this week's episode, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it. I enjoyed sitting down with Luke and Sage, and uh, both these guys are great. Um, they, they, they gave a lot of really good input, and I really appreciate their perspectives and their mindset when it comes to what we talked about. So uh, if you can, go follow Sage Davis. He is the Chasing Moby guy. He's on YouTube and Instagram. You can find him by just by searching Chasing Moby. And then Luke Evans is part of the Mountain Minded uh, group. They have a YouTube channel. They're just launching it. And then they also have the Instagram there. You can go follow them there as well. Uh, great guys doing some great things. And I appreciate everybody coming onto the show. Again, be sure to leave a five-star review with a comment. And that will get you entered in all these cool drawings we're having. And I also want to set, thank uh, Hunter's Hall, who uh, have been supporting the podcast and um, offer discounts to our uh, listeners who enter code OPTEN. 